This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire. I'm Ken Napsack, and we are going to start talking, and we've mentioned it before, but it's never wrong to bring it up again. The prophecy of not just the prince or princess that was promised, but Azora High, specifically. We got a great call to get us into that, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's another one of those book versus show things, and what we think might happen, and is it too late to bring it in full bore to the show? Let's get on with the discussion. Hey, Ken. This is Vic from New York. First-time caller, long-time listener. Love what you do. I wanted to hear your thoughts about the Azora High myth and whether you think the showrunners will really explore that in the final season. So far, it's only been casually mentioned a few times in the show by referencing the so-called prince that was promised, but... There's never been any mention of Nisa Nisa or the forging of the Lightbringer sword, etc. So, to me, if they tried to shoehorn all that stuff into the final six episodes, it would feel kind of contrived and also a bit jarring for the audience, seeing as how they never delved into any of those topics for the past six seasons. Anyhow, would love to hear your thoughts. Love the show. It's one of those funny things when you watch HBO's Game of Thrones compared to the books A Song of Ice and Fire. We are all familiar with Azor Ahai. In fact, he's mentioned in the Lord of Light, Histories and Lore, one of the special editions in, uh, if you own the Blu-rays or DVDs or HBO Go now, however you want to watch the show, you can get it there. It's mentioned there. And it's definitely a prophecy that uh, too long and intertwined here to really go into detail, but it's tied in to the prophecy that foretells he will be reborn as the prince that was promised. So it's key to the show. It could be Jon Snow, it could be Daenerys Targaryen, it could be Davos Seaworth, right? We all believe it. And when we discuss a lot of things on the show, we, we mention it. I've mentioned it. Uh, I, I've mentioned it a few times and, and talk about how maybe Daenerys could be the Nisa Nisa of the show uh, in the sense that uh, that's part of the prophecy where Azor Ahai to, to form his sword Lightbringer on the third attempt of doing it he realized he needed to sacrifice his wife plunging the sword right into the heart and forming Lightbringer so uh, it's all tied together but it's one of the things when you really think about it Azor Ahai is not really mentioned on the show so the prophecy is. We go into it directly this season, season seven. Uh, Melisandre and Masande kind of clearing up the gender part of the prophecy. It could be prince, could be princess that was promised. We are not 100% sure, but I will uh, uh, definitely believe that Jon Snow is Azor Ahai. I'm in that camp. But the question that Vic is asking, is it too late to really dive head first and knee deep in Azor High? The, the, the figure of Azor Ahai, the legendary figure, part of the faith of Relore, uh, part of uh, the, the, the great, uh, you know, the, the long night and the great war for the dawn and all those things. Is it too, 
Is it too late to really bring that up in the show? And I think it might be. The show has 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 shown, and this is sometimes maybe to its detriment, sometimes to its its uh, you know. I, I get it. I I don't want to say credit, but the show has uh, cut out some of the bigger mythologies and myths or change them we talk a lot about the night king as opposed to the knight's king in the book something similar something different uh the others are the white walkers all those kind of things the white walkers is not a term foreign to game of thrones fans or song of ice and fire fans at all so uh, uh is it too late yeah i think we can't necessarily dig into it but could there be some other version of it some kind of some kind of uh, a way to get the legend and prophecy of Azor Ahai and the history of it out there. It, it makes sense that the character would appear in the the histories and lore, which is official and part of HBO's uh, canon, so to speak. It just would seem odd if suddenly uh, Danny uh, is becomes the modern Nisa. Nisa serves some great purpose, and then that name is mentioned. I don't think the casual fans would get it. There's already. Uh, so many things for the casual fans to bring in, and not that HBO doesn't occasionally, uh, or Dave and, uh, and Dan don't occasionally toss uh, uh, things in for the book readers. We know they do. Uh, the Hound digging a grave is definitely a book reader thing. But Azor Ahai, I think, is too big to get it in. It it's why also when uh, Griff. And young Griff, we realized at a certain point that was not coming into the story from the books, and that's also a little bit what has fallen on Jon Snow's story. Um, so I think, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm rambling a bit, Vic, because you caught me with a great question here. But yeah, I think it might be too late to really, really get into Azor High on the show. But I want to know what you guys think. Post your calls here. Post your thoughts. Azor High. We know what it is. We know how it's tied into the prophecy. But will the show ever really get into it? And if they do, is it just too late anyways? Let me know here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken. I definitely want you to talk about The Winds of Winter on Daily Thrones when it gets released. And any other book topics you want to talk about, I would love to listen to and discuss with you and anyone else. I'm really excited for the book. And in terms of Season 8 and how that will affect, how The Winds of Winter will affect my opinions on Season 7 and Season 8, I think that there's a big chance that it will drastically alter my opinions. Because I liked Season 7, I liked things that happened. But I don't really think I was in love with any single moment or scene or storyline. I think my opinion can sway depending on if the book is better, if certain storylines turn out different ways. And if if they're better in the book, I will probably be disappointed that the show didn't show them or didn't have them. But then again, I do like things in the show that are different from the books. I think Sansa going to Winterfell is a better idea than the fake Arya storyline in the books, for an example. Hey Ken, so I just recently got into the Game of Thrones books. Uh, right now I'm halfway through Clash of Kings, and I am enjoying it. Although I am noticing the differences between the books and the show. For Specifically for the second book, um, I'm missing the scenes of Arya and Tywin. Because that was some of my favorite stuff from season two. Uh, the other day you were talking about discussing Winds of Winter. When that book came out, uh, if I can give a suggestion, maybe uh, 
do a couple of topics on your favorite or least favorite changes from the books uh, versus the show, or just like discussing the differences in general. Alright, thanks. So we're talking about Azora High on the show, Azora High in the books, and it's uh, definitely different, obviously. And then we got good calls from Billy and the Hedge Knight Andrew. Billy following up with a segment earlier in the week uh, talking about when's a winner and how, I guess, when the book comes out, which I do believe I finally, I'm putting down bets, will be before season eight. About, you know, covering it here on Daily Thrones as we wait for season eight. This is a, a podcast and, a, and an anchor show, anchor station about the world of Ice and Fire, not just HBO's Game of Thrones. That certainly dominates. And I've uh, got re- uh, positive responses before, but yeah, let, let's talk about the books, even though a lot, of, uh, a lot of people aren't book readers. But hey, now might be a time to start them, like Hedge Knight Andrew, who is halfway through Clash of, uh, uh, Clash of Swords. Uh, so, um... Storm, Clash of Kings, Storm of Swords is the third book. Uh, they're all one. It's one of those nights. Anyways, but in Billy's follow-up, he talks about changes and some of his favorite changes. And that, yeah, quite frankly, I think it's okay to admit, just like a lot of people want to admit that, hey, some of the stuff in Season 7 wasn't as good as we wanted, some of the stuff on the show is a little better or different, and, and therefore you find it a little more enjoyable in, than, the, than the book. Uh, I think uh, Clash of Kings is a great example in the book where uh, some of the stuff north of the wall with uh, Ghost finding the dragon glass and running off, there's a lot of different things going on there. Uh, Half Hand goes, uh, the mission's a little bit different with a little less tension. I think a lot of things, and of course on the show, as mentioned, the Hedge Knight Andrew uh, mentioned it, that, you know, Ty and Arya is, uh, their scenes at Heron Hall are, are not in the book. And uh, I like, uh, overall, we don't want to spoil too much, but, you know, Sansa doesn't go back to Winterfell, at least right away. Where we are in the book, she's in a different spot, and there's a different plot and different characters. The book obviously has, the books have a lot more characters to play with, and I and that's what books do. That's okay. I, I think the show, that's why I always err on the side of defending the show and defending the producers and worrying less about the distance and speed of the travel and worrying less about uh, uh, moving fast through plot points. This, the show has done an amazing job in taking these thick, sometimes overwritten books. George has spent a lot of time describing clothes and food, but that's why he creates such a wonderful, amazing world. Um, so I think it's uh, I think it's okay, but I think the show. Uh, does a good job, and I always ben- give them the benefit of the doubt, and I, and I think a lot of you do too. But um, I think the show has the ability to do something that uh, you know George R. R. Martin doesn't necessarily have the chance to with the books, which is they get to go back after and edit. And it's hard for a writer; it's hard for a creator. Sometimes it's good to write a screenplay and then sit back for a while and let it sink sink in and soak in. And while George certainly takes his time writing these books, and he does have editors, don't get me wrong, I think the show is able to come along and go, "Hey, we need to we need to cut through some stuff here. What will work? What will allow us to move through these stories faster?" And um, those are some of the uh, you know they're able to come up with some better solutions. And I think season two is a great example compared to book two. We'll see again. The original point of the discussion earlier in the week was if Wins a Winner comes out and, and counteracts a lot of things on the show, going back to even season five, six, and now seven, will you begrudge the show a little bit? Will you have problems accepting it in the books? It's an interesting question. Guys, check on in. Let me know. That's Daily Thrones for the day. Let's talk about Azora High. And I think Hedge Knight Andrew is a good discussion. I think we can get into this next week. What are some of your favorite changes 
from book to show. What did the show maybe get right or get a little better than uh, something you enjoy more than the books? And what is the book's uh, still uh, specific, not overall, specific plot points that the book does even uh, does better, at least right now? It's an interesting discussion. Never before, I think, as a property, even Lord of the Rings, though I know some people still upset about Tom Bombadil, even Lord of the Rings doesn't have this kind of connection to the source material as a lot of other things do. Uh, other people, I think, are, you can separate it a little bit more. But Game of Thrones, it is hard to separate book and show. All right, that's it for this uh, week. Don't forget, share uh, some Daily Thrones. Share the podcast. Share the segments if you like them. Share your calls. If you call in, put it on Twitter. Let other people hear your thoughts and theories and speculations. Don't forget to favorite the station so you don't miss a broadcast here on Anchor. That's Daily Thrones. We'll see you.